Okay, so what have you got then, Nikki? So I've got my muesli. Mm. Cheer Sisters Mum's muesli. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly, and today the detail starts with breakfast with newsroom business editor Nikki Mando. Yeah. So I've got some boring oat milk in the fridge. But this is not her usual breakfast, and she's not sharing it. You've actually got a household of um, young people, but you're not sharing this. <laughs> no, I thought about it, and I just thought, A, it would be really expensive, and B, you know, I've got various people with various food things, you know, gluten-free, and I just thought, I don't want to kill them by not giving them enough food. This is not for fun. It's all in the name of research. Mm-hmm. And I've got... This, which is, you need hemp. some scissors. It says hemp oh, on hemp. the outside, but I'm not sure. Hemp. Okay, I'm going to read the outside of that. It says, bottled by solar power, zero carbon, climate positive, living wage employers, Aotearoa, owned and made, bottled and recycled glass, protein powerhouse, probiotic, low fruit sugar, dairy free, GE free. And I suppose we can add to that that it's um, made by women. Yeah, which is interesting that they don't mention it, all those other things, but they didn't think about mentioning that it's made by women. And there's the clue in this one week experiment with food that Nikki is taking on. Cheers. It's Monday morning. Yeah. And what we've got in front of us is a box that's obviously been delivered to you, and then also a parcel. Well, let's, so, let's open it. Because what you're doing, Nikki, this week, is you're going to eat only food that's made by companies run by women. So because run what, or owned. Run or owned. Why? I suppose it started with International Women's Day and I was thinking, we were talking about stories for International Women's Day and I had heard a podcast, there was a woman in the States who tried to do that. She went along to supermarkets and was looking on her phone and that seemed to be quite difficult. You know, you'd be spending hours in the supermarket looking up each product. So I decided that how I was going to do it, I was going to try and find out the companies first and then order from them. So I looked online at things that companies that were women and I was thinking what am I going to eat so I had a a conundrum did I include companies that the New Zealand country head is a woman and there Mm -hmm. are two companies which then come into my orbit which are Nestle which make pet food and San Remo pasta so that's kind of good for me Mm. Um, it does allow me to buy a fairly mainstream two fairly mainstream companies from the supermarket from the supermarket so the next thing I did was I rang food and grocery council and I rang my mate who is a woman who runs raglan coconut yogurt hey Nikki how you doing I'm good look I'm ringing you I've got this crazy idea that I want to spend a week eating everything that's been either produced by a company run or owned by a woman so everything okay and it's a bit scary because I don't know what on earth I'm going to eat. Yeah, I feel like there's more and more at the moment. When we first started, I didn't really know anyone in the food space. So I started trying to bring people together. Um, so I started these foodie getaways and we get a group of food business owners, men and women, um, together every year to go away to a different location and just talk all things food and kind of help each other with um, with growing. And, yeah, so within that group, there's a whole bunch of really cool um, female-led food brands. There's Yum Granola. You've got 
companies like Waiheke Herbs, that spreads and pestos. Midnight Baker was founded by a woman. That they all sound super yummy, but mm. they also sound like they're sort of slightly on the edge of my normal food consumption. Are there more sort of mainstream food companies run by women? Hmm. Yeah, that's where it gets a little harder. I mean, for me as a, a vegetarian kind of plant-based person, I'm not really in the meat space, so I can't, I can't make any recommendations there. Um, but, I mean, I know locally, like around our area in the Waikato, there's local egg sellers and so on. So it's kind of it's easier on a, on a local level and probably not as easy on a nationwide, you know, supermarket available type level. I can, however, point you to at least four different female-owned chocolate brands. <laughs> so we've got chocolate cravings sorted. And I said to the Food and Grocery Council, can you help? Do you have members who are women? So they sent me a list. Well, they both sent me a list. Mm -hmm. So now so we've got I haven't really looked at the in list. Front of us. But I'm going to have a look now. Yeah, so and, and that is, looks like a long list. But again... They're quite niche products, most of them. Small companies making totally delicious niche products. Um, remarkable chocolate company, 40 Thieves nut butters and spreads, Black Doris yummy frozen dessert slices. So you can't make a whole meal with, with what's on this list. No, and that's what I'm slightly worried about. And then, so this is the list, there's slightly bigger companies. These are the ones that from the Food and Grocery Council. Mm -hmm. um, so... Vekirk, which is the salami, Farrar Breads. Barker's Fine Foods, I think. What do they do? Jams and things. things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fruit and vegetables. So I've got Seeker. Oh, yeah. So you now can they... buy, you can get um, kiwi fruit. Avocados and kiwi fruit. <laughs> so it is kind of difficult. Mm. The San Remo and um, Patango. What do they make? Patango. Soups. Oh, yeah. Okay, soups. So yeah. Soup would be but good. Not, not the weather for soup. No. <laughs> Cold soup, maybe. <laughs> what I'd like is meat. So at the moment, apart from the sausage, the salamis, mm. I've got no meat. Oh, here you go. Plant-based mints, sausages, meatballs, oh. etc. Oh, that was good. Two Food ladies, Nation. Josie and Miranda. Okay, oh, that's really so good. You can't, maybe you can't get real meat apart from your salamis, but you can have a plant-based alternative. Yes. Now, Nikki, you're not just doing this for your own interest. You're doing a story about it. But why is this important? I think it's about women owning companies. It's part of a broader story about why there are not women on the board, women on senior management teams. And I'm also interested that so many of these are small companies. What happens to these small companies that are founded by women, innovative, exciting companies? Why aren't they then moving up the company size chain and becoming medium-sized companies, becoming large companies. And mass producing and getting this stuff on the on the main shelves in the supermarkets. Yeah, exactly. Um, why aren't they taking over companies rather than being taken over and losing that female leadership? But why does that matter with the food that we eat? It's quite interesting with this story. When I talk to women about doing it, they all really get it. And when I talk to men about doing this story, they think I'm, they kind of look at me... Like it's a really stupid story. Who cares? Who cares? Exactly. Mm. And I think that's probably quite an interesting reason to do it, that actually women mind that they can't support women. Mm. I, I want there to be more women companies out there. 
I want it to be easy to get funding, to get a bank loan, to get venture capital. And I don't know whether I'm going to find that when I do a bit more research. Do you think if there was more of a balance that we would be eating different food? That is a super interesting question, and I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, or perhaps more environmentally friendly food. Also, I was thinking, you know, my food bag was started by Nadia Lim, and Teresa Gatting was a major shareholder. Now it's the listed company, and it's all changed. But would you consider something like that? Again, it was a decision, I get my food bag, so it would be completely fantastic if I could use my food bag products. I decided that if it had still been a non-listed company, I would have gone for it, but I think possibly I shouldn't. There's another, you know, Forage, the cafe up the road from where we work. So it's a fabulous cafe run by two women. And I thought, that would be easier, just go and get my lunch there every day. Mm. But then I thought, well, where are they buying their food mm. from? And so I, I think that would be cheating. You and I are going to catch up during the week to see how this women-only food thing is going. Whether I'm still really hungry. So what now? You're gonna, you need to have your breakfast. So I'm going to have my breakfast. Yeah. And then I'm going to look at this, these two lists and work out, I'm going to have to go and do a supermarket shop and buy some things that I can eat. Okay, so Tuesday lunchtime, and I'm so hungry, and I do not want to eat any more muesli and yoghurt. So I went out on a hunt. And you told me about Midnight Baker, yes, which is on Dominion Road, which is quite close to where we are. But they were shut because of red light. So I went to Perry, but they don't have any. So went back to the shop. Notice on the door also says that they sell them at um, the organic store. Um, so I went to the organic store, and I have bread. I have eggs, which she says the boss is a woman, although it is a husband and wife couple. Same with the honey. But that's allowed. Oh, well, man, I just can't eat yoghurt for the rest of my life. <laughs> I have avocados, which are seeker, which I know is run by a woman. I have limes. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with the limes. But anyway, this is a fabulous... Squeeze them on the avocados. <laughs> exactly. Fabulous. I've got, what's this, crackers, just because I can. and that... Not just crackers, but super seed crackers with macadamia nut. And Fantastic. this has set me back $81.75. But it's only Tuesday and Nikki is still hungry. Going to the supermarket is out of the question because she just doesn't have the time to identify women-only products. And by now, she's realised that very few large mainstream food companies are owned or run by women. So she goes back to the specialty food shop where the manager will take her around and point out the products. Hi. Hi. Where are you right now, Nikki? So the store is called Common Sense. It's an organic store and it's on Dominion Road. Okay, take it away. <laughs> so, Twila, where are we? What can we, what can I buy? So, I was thinking, Nikki, we could start at breakfast. So, we've got yum granola. So, you could do a cacao granola or a coffee granola. Um, if you want a bit of extra protein for your lunch or breakfast, um, Pasture Poultry is run by a husband-wife team. So, this is Sally. And Mike. So and is she sort of the boss? She's the boss. She's the one I go to with all my problems and she fixes them. Luckily, there's not many problems. Fruit and vegetables is Fruit and I'm really Okay, so Oob is run by a woman. You can go frozen blueberries, mangoes, strawberry. Yeah. My basket's getting quite full. It's quite full. We've only got one more thing. Chocolate, yes. Chocolate. Nikki, 
Yes. Can you ask Tawila, does she make a concerted effort to buy uh, food made by women? Um, I mean, Common Sense stands on organics, fair trade and environmental sustainability, so it's not necessarily just supporting women per se, but as part of our biogrowth certification, we are really interested on where the food comes from, how it's grown and how it's produced. Um, so whether that has something to do with um, organisations that honour women and the work that they do, for example, fair trade, maybe that naturally aligns with our buying principles. It sounds to me like, you know, of all the products in your shop, there are very few that are made by women or by companies run by women. Yeah, I guess it comes down to how you determine what's run by a woman. We have definitely have a lot of our suppliers are ma and pa type organisations, like mm. um, Sally and Mike who do the eggs and um, one of our honey suppliers as well. But no, it, there is, it's, it's a big store, there's heaps of products and very few of them I can buy. Okay, Nikki, so we've got to the end of your week. How was it? I've eaten some yummy food, but I have definitely been stymied in my choices. So I had a dinner. You know, we had dumplings and we had this yummy sauce made by an Ethiopian woman. It was delicious. So I did have a proper meal. One in the whole week? More or less, yeah. But it required quite a lot of effort to get that one proper meal. Um, And you couldn't just eat whatever you wanted. I couldn't just go and get pasta and cheese sauce or I couldn't just have a curry or something. It it really required a lot of planning to get to the stage where I was eating, you know. Were it, you surprised? I was surprised. You know, let's say a supermarket has, I don't know how many, let's say a thousand products. You know, my impression is that maybe 5% or, you know, just such a tiny number, maybe less, are women companies because... The women companies, most of them are really small. And it seems that as they go bigger, they are bought by men. Maybe because the big companies are owned by men or run by men. You know, it was such a niche market, much mm. more niche than I was expecting. Oh, you know, when I said that I had bought an avocado, yeah. because on my list from the Food and Grocery Council, it had that the general manager of Seeker was a woman. And then I checked on the website, and yeah, the general manager is a woman, but the CEO is a guy. (laughs) Even then I was cheating, even though I didn't know it. So that was the end of my avocado eating. You know, this was the the one big company that I thought, fantastic, I've got this big company that I can eat. Mm. And then the only other thing I cheated, well, it wasn't really cheating because I had said that um, Nestle in New Zealand, the head of New Zealand is a woman, and on Saturday, we went to um, Butterfly Creek, and I just couldn't resist. Everyone was getting ice cream, so I bought a Tip Top ice cream, and Tip Top is owned by Nestle, and Nestle in New Zealand is run by women. So that was a little bit of a cheat, but, oh, it was such a good ice cream. So what did you find out? I wanted to see, first of all, whether it was a problem. You know, how big was the problem? And, yeah, I've discovered that it is not a problem. It's an issue anyway. You know, it is something that exists. And... One thing I found out, I talked to a, an angel investor. He runs a group of angel investors. And he said one of the reasons is it's food. So if you're trying to grow a tech company, the 
venture capitalists and the angel investors are really keen. And suddenly your company goes from being worth a thousand to being worth a million. And that's what venture capitalists want. That early stage investment is not really going with food companies. So it is quite difficult for food companies to grow. Whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a man trying to grow it. Exactly. Right. But then I came across this really cool study. It's an Auckland University study, and it's about empowering women, raising capital in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Insights from Women Entrepreneurs was published last year. One of the things they talked about was that women quite often have values behind their companies. And I found that, you know, very often they start their company to solve a problem. The woman at the bread company um, at Midnight Bakers, she had a health problem that she wanted to solve. So she's produced a product either which fits values, say fair trade or um, saving the planet or whatever it is, that there was some values behind the women entrepreneurs and that when they're looking for investment, very often they're looking for an investor who shares those values. And that can be a bit difficult if you're just, if as an investor, you're just looking to get rich quick, it's not going to be the right fit. And also some of these women entrepreneurs very often wanted um, an investor who was going to add value. So maybe they were really good at the marketing side and they wanted someone who was um, experienced in manufacturing or maybe they were experienced in manufacturing and wanted somebody who was good at finance. Yeah, I talked to this lovely woman called Morgan Moore from Boring Oat Milk and she, she has started this company. I got funding to go to a KPMG strategy session and I wrote that in our first full year I wanted to reach five million dollars everybody laughed at her she said they pretty much like laughed at me and were just like oh Morgan that's really ambitious but we are definitely on track to to meet that and to reach that but it took her four years to get investment to start the company it's a funny one isn't it because if you think about food science you do have quite a good portion of female um, people involved. But when it comes to actually like starting up your own business and the business side of it, it is it is very hustly and it is, you know, very sales driven. And that is just typically what it is to be a male. And I think that when it comes to raising money, unless you're very fortunate to, you know, get the money from family or close friends, when you go out and you raise capital, it's really exposing and you have to really put yourself out there. I think it's for the better now, but at the time it definitely hindered me when I go out capital raising as I was, again, just so open with what I was good at and what I was not. And, and I think that is often a very female thing. And then she had a, she said for the third round, you know, they fell over and it was all really difficult because these, these um, getting investment is so many coffees with people. But it takes like, several months to actually from first conversation to when you sign on the dotted line you know to to get it through and then it takes some months when it's unraveling to tidy everything up as well to then get back on the horse and go capital raising again and then the third one she said I've got a new way of looking at things I had a no dickhead policy was number one (laughs) (laughs) what does that mean well just no more people that don't fit with my values that are only in it for the money, that are not in it for the long term, that look down on me because I'm a woman. So eventually she went into partnership with the company that is making her product, that understands her business, can help her, and it's gone really well. And here she is um, with 
this company that's absolutely going gangbusters. Wow. You want to hear something worse? Yes. So this Auckland University study talked about the experience that women have when they go up in front of these um, investor panels. And very often it's, you know, three quarters of the Roma's men. And they ask them about whether they're going to have children. Who's going to look after their children if they start a business? You know, things that you are not allowed legally to ask in a job interview, for example. And she said it's quite normal. That these men, mostly, mm. or maybe women as well, are asking questions. They've got their money on the line and they're going, well, you know, we're not really going to invest in your company if you're immediately going to go off and have a baby. Just the final thing was what the, the study called what we're not talking about or something like that. And that's basically the fact that women are still doing most of the household management. They might not be always looking after the children, but they do a lot of the planning um, around running a house and that being part of a high growth or even a not so high growth business is perhaps too hard when you're the, the, the person who's also having to do the household management. If you've got children, for example, there was one woman in the study who said she didn't start her business until her children were teenagers deliberately because she knew that the two roles were going to be incompatible. And that, again, is something that perhaps we need to talk about as a society when we are talking about women in leadership roles or women in entrepreneurial roles, Mm. that that is still the case, that women still do a lot of the planning of the household, and that takes time. One interesting thing that I, I heard was that, you know, that women were disproportionately affected by COVID in terms of losing their jobs. But that has also prompted quite a big jump in the number of women who are self-employed running their own businesses. Ah. So maybe we will start seeing more women coming through. You know, they may have started a small business now, but may have a bigger business later. But yeah. that's a, a new factor to, to put into the mix. Yeah. Is this what you expected? I only really knew about that top end of the market. So I knew about the CEOs not being women, and I've written about that, and I knew about um, the glass ceiling and those sorts of things. But I'd never really thought about it from a SME perspective. I'd never thought about it from a food business perspective. I never realized it was going to be so hard. Mm. And not just for me, but for these businesses. You know, I had no idea that this is what these women were going to tell me when I talked to them. That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air and produced by Newsroom for RNZ. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. Today's episode was engineered by Adrian Holley and produced by Sarah Robson. And thanks to Nikki Mando. Mā te wā.